love, kindness, human connection. These are some of the things we talk about on the Danny Painter Show. It's a thing. This show is intended for a more mature audience. We might sometimes say bad words. Okay, so are you guys ready to start? Hello, Eric, I'm Danny. Welcome to this room. Nice to meet you. And you also. Um, Ooh, there are records behind you. Oh, yeah. That is cool. (laughs) My dad. Uh, my dad's also on XOTV. I don't know if you've seen his studio, but he has like 2,000 vinyls in the studio that just surround him. He used them as Oh, stuff. my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I have like air in my garage. I have a bunch of uh, a bunch of records that were given to me, passed down to me from like, I think my my grandfather or something like that. And Eric was going through them the other day and he was finding a couple of gems in there. I don't remember what they were. Eric probably remembers because he has savant memory, but. Yeah, it was like a bunch of like uh like 1920s like jazz records like and they're like the old like the really thick 180 gram vinyl it's crazy wow wait so you stole you stole some of his grandfather's records oh no i was just going through them (laughs) (laughs) did you did you though eric did you steal any is the actual question no they would have weighed me down so much they were like literally each one was like five pounds um, listen, guys, first, before we start, thank you for your patience and understanding. Um, South Africa is an absolute fucking shit show at the moment. So if this dies, um, we'll have to reschedule. But hopefully, if we start now, hopefully we'll miss load shedding. So, okay, fingers crossed. Are we ready to go? Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, this is one of the weirdest. One of the weirdest, because I actually interviewed another heavy metal band that was somewhat weirder because they were in real life and I was only 16. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, the John Candy, fellow XOTV creators. Um, I uh, not sure what, what is happening. So please, before we get into who you are, did, please tell me about this. What, what is this? Yeah, sure. So um, we first started the band back in like 2005. So we've actually been around for a really long time. And it was started with our bass player, Brent, who's actually not here, and Eric. And they were just saying like, like, hey, let's just start like an old school throwback hardcore band, like tons of breakdowns um, and all John Candy movie quotes. And so they were just like, okay, cool. And then they needed a vocalist. And I was singing with them in another metalcore band at the time. And so I said, yeah, let's do this. It sounds fun and ridiculous. And um, that was kind of, we love being fun and ridiculous. So it was a perfect opportunity to do something weird. So we did it. We just did like a little three song EP. It was terrible. Um, And then we did nothing with the band until 2017. and in 2017, uh, we started to reform and, and we always knew that we wanted the band to be just fun to be the definition. Like the weird is in there too, but we wanted it to be like theatrical. And like when we do live shows, we want people to be like, what the hell am I watching? But I love it kind of thing. Um, and I think that where this specifically came from was I, there, I had a picture of John Candy when I made a logo back in 2005. It was just his face. And half of it was kind of shrouded, like it was shrouded in shadow. Um, and then, I, and then the idea, like the mashup in my head popped up of like the image of like the Terminator with the with the one like the glowing red eye. 
And I made it like a, just a little picture out of it. And I was like, dude, let's make masks out of that. And then we'll perform live in that. We'll all wear the same thing. Um, and I think that should, should be pretty entertaining and weird. And that's how we did it. And so how we actually got to what you see right now is that with um, when, we, when we had to make a prototype, I was like, well, how are we going to make this? I know nothing about making a mask. And so I just went and found the cheapest, crappiest uh, mask I could find on Amazon. It was a Trump mask. It was like 20 bucks. So I got the tw- Trump mask for 20 bucks and put a bicycle light in the eyes. It's just a, the one that goes on the back of your bike. Um, and then I, I put a GoPro head mount, stapled it into the mask. Uh, we got the hoodies going and that's how you get what you see today. Wow. Okay. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, <laughs> I think I think let's start uh, with the EV that you don't love um, and the beginning of this band. So, um, Eric, you, you guys have been in this band together from the word go, or? Uh, yeah. So uh, we were in an actual band at first, and it, it, yeah, like he was saying, it, it started just kind of as like a side project. And then it fizzled. Um, we recorded three songs, but I wasn't even involved in the original recording. Um, I was just, the original intent was to be an actual band. Like I was going to play drums, Brent was going to do bass. Um, and we were probably going to have someone else do guitar at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then literally just radio silence for years. And uh, the, the way this version of the band came about is uh, a friend uh i i was involved in like electronic music at the time and a friend just told me you know hey how about you make something for like for drums and i'll play guitar to it and i was like okay that that could be fun and when i kind of started i was thinking of ideas for riffs that maybe he could mimic so then I started just plucking little guitar riffs from tons of songs. And then that's how the, and then I showed it to Brandon. I was like, hey, look, I just took tons of like guitar riffs from tons of songs and I made a song out of it. And then that's when we kind of were saying like, we could maybe just do this as the new version of the band. And we don't need, we don't need a guitar player. We don't need a drummer. We could just do everything ourselves. Just like two of us. And then Brent came along to play bass, but and that's what you see now. Yeah, and Eric is actually uh, he's actually a trained drummer. So actually, in our old band, Eric was the drummer. So he has that background of understanding beats um, and and how they're made on on physical drums. But then I, what really excited me about the when he started making these songs with kind of like all the all the sampled and stitched together guitars was that I was like, first thing I was like, I don't know if anybody's ever done this. So like, to me, it was very exciting to do something that hasn't been done because that feels like it's impossible to do nowadays, especially in the metal scene, because Eric also had this like 10 years of, of working in EDM you know, electronic dance music. He, he was playing shows with Skrillex and all this, his name at the time was uh, the juggernaut. And, um, so he learned tons of stuff about dubstep and yada yada. So he kind of took those bouncy elements and, and the way that a song will will evolve in a live show that gets the audience hyped and gets them excited, you know, up, down, up, down, and then boom, and uh, kind of mashed that all together. And so that's why, like, when I first heard it, it just blew my mind. And I was just like, I, I have to be involved in this. And, and it's awesome, too, because, you know, 
at our age now, we have careers. We do this as a fun thing on the side. Um, and I think it's, it's very conducive to that in the sense that like, we don't have to worry about getting approvals from four other band members or, you know, having practice two, three times a week. It's like basically Eric just <laughs> sits on his couch with surrounded by cats and dogs and, <laughs> and puts a song together. <laughs> Sounds like my life. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Um, what normal job do you, do you have uh, this, this weird, weird middle Ben, Donald Trump, oh, yeah. Black Moss people. <laughs> so Eric has an interesting uh, career. I'll, I'll let him talk about himself. <laughs> Me, I've, just been, I've been in IT for uh, 15 years. So information technology. Uh, I'm an inf- information technology manager. I do pretty much everything with computers. Hmm. And what about you? I do corporate travel um, for uh, Louis Vuitton. <laughs> And so, uh, it's kind of just like, (laughs) well, also Um, like, and where you got your career started too, is really interesting too. Oh, I mean, for 15 years, I worked with kids with autism. And then, so I did that for 15 years and then, um, that it kind of started that just because we were doing music and I was like, oh man, working with kids is like the perfect schedule there. It's eight to two, yeah. and then my my nights are free, my weekends are off, my summers are off. So it, that's originally how it started, and then I ended up really enjoying it. And so I was doing that for 15 years. And then um, my mom works in the same uh, office as I do, and my wife and I would travel, and I guess the the boss just assumed my mom was the one booking everything for us and like learning how to like you know work with the airlines and all that stuff and then when she found out i was just doing that on my own her boss offered me a a job and that's kind of just how i ended up here wow okay i can get the it um definitely with the like i thing and the (laughs) there's definitely like a, a very um like cyberpunk vibe for me a little bit um but i'm 80s obsessed so absolutely the luxury travel that's i mean uh, you know what i'm i'm all for glam metal i'm i'm here for metal actually just all over. <laughs> but um i was very pleasantly surprised so reading up about you guys um and reading that the lyrics are quotes from john candy movies and and the, the music is just a, a it's all just kind of a mashup of, of everything that, that you guys dig um I wasn't expecting a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. I was, I was like, I was cautiously optimistic and I was going into this with as open a mind as one can, but I have been consuming metal my entire life. And so going into this, I was like, I don't know. And then I listened and now I'm listening all the time. And I've got to tell you, I dig it. This is, this is definitely the kind of metal that I'm, 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 I would 100% be into, but why John Candy? Mm, I think Eric can answer that. Um, Brent and I were just obsessed with John Candy movies. And the idea just came about because there were bands when we were, you know, in, at the time when we were a band, there were bands like Mateau um, who dressed all like pirates. And there were bands like Shockwave who, who literally just wore all black and everything like that. So we, and, and I guess it kind of speaks into nature of how the band is. We took that idea, but made a joke out of it. And we we're like, Oh, we should just all dress like John Candy. 
And so the original idea was we were just going to each dress like a John Candy character. Like that was the original idea. Like one of us would wear like the Kenosha kickers jacket and, you know, Brent would dress like, you know, John Candy from great outdoors or something like that. Um, so even from day one, you know, everything was always a parody. Right. And when we realized, Oh yeah, it's a lot easier just to all wear a mask and a hoodie. That's, that's kind of how it ended up there. But the John Candy thing, it was just honestly just because we were always quoting John Candy movies and we were obsessed with like Uncle Buck and, and things like that. That's how it all started. Um, do you think that a band like yours is necessary, especially in the times that we find ourselves in now? Because I've, I've spoken to many musicians over the last 400 and whatever day we're on, um, and they're all talking about the deepness and the feelings and the things. And then you guys come along and it's it's actually fun. Um, and the music is fun to listen to. And you do get that like jump, jump, happy vibe from it. Um, you think it's necessary that there are more of you? I'm really happy you asked that question because I've definitely noticed the trend. I mean, we've been metalheads, hardcore kids, whatever you want to call it, our whole lives, Eric and I. We've been, been into heavy music since I can remember. Like I remember in fourth grade, my friend showing me, um, what was it, White Zombie and Metallica. And I was just like, my mind was blown. Because before that, I was listening to like early 90s, like dance pop and stuff like that. You know, I was I was like in what, like second, fourth grade, something like that, whatever. But um, so basically, like, I've just gone heavier and heavier, like throughout my life, as far as heavy music goes. I started getting into like more like heart, like from new metal into hardcore, into grindcore, metalcore, uh, death metal. Uh, deathcore, like, I mean, there's like a million subgenres, right? And I think one of the main, one of the main issues with heavy music is like, guy, a lot of people are afraid to have fun. Like you said, fun is like the perfect word. Um, and not only that, that it's, it seems like if you try to introduce fun, it makes people in metal really angry. Like either they, like there's a, there's a small subset of people that love it and really appreciate it. And I think that's where we've carved out our niche so far. Uh, but beyond that, like we've like the vitriol that we've gotten from some people is just very interesting, especially combined with the fact that we're not playing live instruments. That's just like, you are, you are the worst person on earth because you're playing metal and you don't have an instrument. You go home, you suck, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I kind of like I kind of like the challenge of that, too, in the sense of like, I feel like it fits the theme of the band that we're just doing all this weird different stuff and taking this this amalgamation, this mashup of so many different things that I like the challenge of like somebody saying, oh, this sucks. I don't like that. Well, I'm going to try to make something that um, will surprise you or something like that. Obviously, we need to be having fun with it and enjoying it and and, and liking it ourselves. Mm -hmm. But if if I can convert somebody, that's kind of cool and interesting to me, too. You know, the, I love this because um, I, we find it in, in South Africa in the metal scene as well. There's a lot of like infighting and because you are this genre, you aren't part of the metal awards. Um, and if you are this genre, then you'll most likely win all of the awards every year. Um, and this leads to a lot of bands breaking away from the, the actual group subculture of metal into all of these different things. And I wanted to talk to you about some of your different things because and I've written them down. Um, sample core, tribute core. Uh, oh, oh, there were some other ones. There was a really funny one and now I can't remember. Oh, nostalgia core. Nostalgia core. I was like, oh, that's, that gives me like warm fuzzies. But like, Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we've had people reach out to us saying like, 
oh my god the movies you guys use i grew up on this stuff and now you're taking like like stuff from my childhood and putting it into the heavy music that i love and like that's like insanely inspiring for me because i'm a, i'm a super super nostalgic person like i just get like like you said like the warm and fuzzies from anything nostalgic that i just grew up on and loved so much and it, actually a lot of those terms i think we like ourselves we only threw sample core on there because literally everything we do is samples um and people still don't get that like like a lot of people so don't get it like wait there's no real guitars like like no it's all samples wait there's no drums no it's all samples um but the other ones like i think actually people you know who came to our shows like we say like fans that came to our shows actually said like you guys are like like tribute core you're paying tribute to all these like amazing movies and tv shows you know throughout the years um and uh yeah so the, we only said sample core someone oh someone recently said meme core too that's a new one we just got um because the new Dexter song that we did, so it's uh, the Bay Harbor Butcher. It's a uh, Dexter the TV show themed, and and I totally forgot where I was going with that. Never mind. <laughs> oh no, I got it. Get back to me. Um, so it was uh, there's a there's a I don't know if we can cuss on this surprise mother effer uh, from uh, swear as much as you want. I swear all the time. Okay. So, so in Dexter, like one of the pivotal scenes in the show, uh, Dokes' character, which I can say it now, season two, it aired like 10 years ago. He goes, surprise, motherfucker. And uh, it's been memed a million times. And so, of course, like we're going to do Dexter's song, one of the most pivotal scenes. We have to throw it in the song. So we did. And I think we had a couple people comment, like when the song came out, like, what is, is this like meme core? What is this? And I was like, dude, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I even saw this guy on TikTok in the last couple of weeks. I think he's from the UK, I want to say. Um, I can't remember. It's like Joe B drums or something like that he's doing he's like doing these things on tiktok right now where he's putting memes over metal music or like karen freakouts over metal music and they're super funny and i'm like i messaged the guy i was like dude you're doing exactly what we do as a band this is awesome i love it like we're all making this like subgenre of metal you need you need to send this to me because currently my tiktok algorithm is so fucking disturbing i found king talk and i need to change it so can you please send me that so that i can start changing this? <laughs> This oh, for sure. <laughs> TikTok is so, it's so weird. Like I just, I got our band on it like maybe six months ago, but I've been hitting it a lot more recently. And you're absolutely right. The algorithm is super weird. The videos that get suggested to me, I'm like, what the hell are they thinking? Like, where's this coming from? Like some of it like makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, I love this. And then I'll get a video of like someone like hurting an animal or something. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. Like, this is terrible. Like I've seen like some racist stuff. I'm like, I, I don't get that. Like, makes no sense to me. But otherwise, it's been kind of fun. <laughs> I don't know what you're plugged into because I'm not getting. I'm just getting like all of the weird shit, like the the, the like doms and and subs and brats. Oh. And I'm like, I definitely I mean, not get that. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it, but how did you know? You know, like no one knows this about me, and here you are just like throwing it at me. So I don't know how it works, but please help me change that algorithm. Um, okay, so obviously you guys are um, you're a band that samples, and you don't actually play an instrument, but that doesn't mean that you don't create the music. So talk me through how a song happens from con concept to releasing, because. I, I just have this feeling that it's a lot more fucking work the way that you do it than if you just... <laughs> like. It absolutely is. I think, well, Eric, do you want to talk about it or do you want me to and you want to fill in the blanks? Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead and start. Go ahead and start. Go ahead. Okay. So it basically starts with Eric just basically spending hours and hours listening to 
every like hardcore band, big, small, medium, metalcore band, whatever, especially instrumental albums. A lot of bands have been releasing instrumental albums. He just listens to stuff and just looks for snippets that he likes. So, I mean, it's just really like, again, like applying the principles of electronic dance music and sampling, but to metal. So he'll find little like two second guitar snippets he likes. Um, depending on uh, how the song starts to formulate, he'll he'll pitch shift them. He'll speed it, you know, he'll speed them up, slow them down, reverse them, whatever it is. It painstakingly go through and stitch all this stuff together. In uh, I forget which mo- music program do you use, Eric? Ableton. Ableton, yeah. Uh, and then he'll go and so in, in that pass he'll get all the guitars. Then he'll go through and do all the electronic drums, you know, on the keyboard. Boom, 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 boom. Um, then I think. He starts doing samples a lot later on in the song. Um, so like, as he's building the song, I think if he gets like a feeling or a mood or whatever, like, oh, this would be perfect. Or I like that quote that I heard, he'll throw that in. And basically he starts sending stuff to me pretty early on. And we don't really work in the same room until we go to record vocals. So he does all this in his house, like basically sitting on his on his, uh, on his his couch with his laptop. Then we get to the songs to the point where it's like they're ready for my vocals. Um, I'll go and write lyrics and it just depends. Sometimes I'll go super silly. Sometimes I'll go serious, more, usually more silly. Sometimes I'll do a mix. Um, and then uh, when it's, it's ready, he comes over. I have my vocal booth recording set up in the garage. I got like a little $300 set up. Very proud of it. That's just crazy. Like the, the fidelity that you can get nowadays with very little money. Yeah. Um, and so we, he, he goes in there. We, we record vocals. If there's like little things in the song that I don't like or that we want to change, we'll talk those out. We'll usually do some collaboration and experimentation there. Um, and then usually like I have those moments where it's like, I'm like, dude, I got something in my head, try this. And then he'll do it. And if it works, like I just lose my mind. I'm a very excitable person. So I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yes. And then uh, he'll be like, yeah, yeah, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's what kind of, (laughs) in a nutshell, what what did I miss, Eric? Um, no, that's pretty much it. Like from day one to end, I would say there's probably, we go through like, hundreds and hundreds of versions of the songs um they're changing sometimes daily hourly so it's, it i guess that's the different in in like our process versus like a band where like because we don't meet once a week to have band practice and like flesh it out it's like if we have an idea it could be done in minutes so technically i guess because when people i guess when we got that review like they say oh the fact that we release music so quick, I guess, means that we like don't care. Oh wait, I don't know if she knows about the review. Do you know about the really bad review we got? You got a congratulations, firstly. If if you're <laughs> being hated, you're not doing a good job. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what we said. What yeah, I mean, um, uh, I mean, I loved the review. I mean, this this guy is like a, a poet of hate, and like I I loved whatever he said i found it very funny i've got no hard feelings i thought it was hilarious oh but um, what did he say do you remember <laughs> just like oh, we, we know a specific thing he said because it's the title of our new ep we're working on <laughs> yeah now you better believe we embrace that oh, i yeah. love that i love that <laughs> and, and but, so, um, you know, he, he kind of just said like you know just because of the fact that we release music so quick just shows that like we either like we don't care about it or there's like no thought behind it but i mean there is it's just it's just in the nature of the way we work we're just able to work faster 
Yeah, I, we I don't have a hundred checks and balances to go through. We don't have a manager. We don't have a label. We don't have, I mean, we do everything in house. Like literally every job for a band uh, through the entire stack is done by Eric and I. Um, so like, I remember one of the, so basically the line that stood out in the whole review, because I think it was actually Brent's idea when he read the review. Um, and it, we'll give them a plug too. Uh, deadpress.uk. They're the, <laughs> the ones who wrote it. Um, this guy, Zach Buggy is the one who wrote it. There you go, Zach. <laughs> So um, it, he says that uh, our band or the album that he was reviewing, which was 28 Samples Later, which was our second full length that we released last year because it was 2020 and everyone, uh, the world was in chaos. Everyone was staying home. He's a smart guy. That's how we wrote two albums. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he said that the band or the album or whatever was an abysmal waste of cosmic dust. <laughs> and we were like, man, that's in, that's intense. That's uh, that's wordy. And that's a very metal, like <laughs> we should actually use that as the title for the EP. And so um, definitely did that. We just revealed the artwork um, uh, last Friday and the artwork is um, it's super weird. So basically uh, if you go to our Instagram, you can see the art. It kind of looks like a mashup and it kind of is of an owl, a, like an owl, a spider, um, and I think like two other animals and maybe even like some like a truck or something. I don't know. But basically what it was, I found this website that uses an AI algorithm to artificially create art. So it's like it's an AI creating art, which I thought was also very fitting for us, like the nerdiness and the, you know, Terminator, you know, LED eye, all that kind of stuff. So you basically throw a bunch of images at it and then you can kind of do a bunch of sliders to pick like how much of the spider you want in it or how much of like the owl or the cat or whatever you want in this picture. And it spits out an image. And so I and I've always been kind of fascinated with the concept of the uncanny valley, which is like basically like assigning human elements to something fake or robotic. And so the uncanny valley is kind of like this curve where it's like, it gets to a point where it's like something looks so real, but you know, something's off like the human eye can perceive it. So it makes you uncomfortable really like think like an Android or something like that. Um, so I wanted to be very uncomfortable making this art, even though really the AI is making the art. Um, so it just spit out this image. And after two hours of manipulating it, I just had like this, I had this massive headache. Cause like, I do like all of our art design, like all of our covers I've made, all of our t-shirts, like you name it, I've done it all. And so um, I just got this massive headache for making this art. And I was like, okay, this is, this is a good sign. I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. I hate it. I don't like looking at it. So I feel like this is, this is the right direction. So um, yeah, that's how it ended up being that. And then we thought that was kind of, fitting saying it's an abysmal waste of cosmic dust because you know an ai created it essentially right so it's like everything we're doing is meaningless <laughs> you are not the beautiful and unique snowflake that you think you are nope. <laughs> Same again, organic matter is everything else although i'm stealing that line i'm gonna i'm gonna be calling some people that from now on That's, <laughs> that is you abysmal waste of cosmic dust <laughs> <laughs> that's like as low as it gets i think yeah. The way that you say that, like, uh, you know what, you guys win. I've been. Some people have said some shit to me. You have officially won. Um, I'm actually quite sad that my followers aren't as poetic or well read or versed as yours. <laughs> must be a thing. <laughs> well, we were also toying with the idea of all the song titles being like, you know, horrible things he said about us throughout the interview. So, like. <laughs> That, that was another idea. Yeah, we haven't ruled that out. We, we haven't titled the songs yet, so we could still do that. We even yeah. talked about, because I noticed the reviewer has a has a band or some like little side project thing he does or something. So we're like, maybe we should sample it. No, don't, oh my God, I'm going to say, don't give that idea away. 
<laughs> no, no, that's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, what happens when you run out of John Candy shit? Look, uh, are we going to move on to like someone else? Mm, ooh, a good question. <laughs> um, well, I think we kind of already have in the sense that our last, so we've done a lot of EPs and then two full lengths. What's that? You've done Dexter. Yeah, exactly. So we've, we've, so basically with our Orange County album, which was the first full length we did in 2020, which came out in February, like a month or two before lockdown, um, we started doing a lot more different movies. And then we did like a big time tribute to John Candy on the last track. The song is just called John Candy. Um, and it has like excerpts from uh, from the day he died, from his funeral. Cause like, and that song, like, I think for me, that's the most emotional song we've written is because it kind of summarizes like our, our love for him and what he did and his contributions to the world. Um, and then uh, with the, the newest album, 28 Samples Later, which came out at the end of 2020, um, I'm actually trying to remember, I think we only did a couple small John Candy quotes in there. I know at the be beginning of our, our very maturely titled Funky Butt Loving, um, <laughs> John Candy's doing his monologue from uh, from Rookie of the Year, which that song is based on on that movie from like the early 90s where the kid breaks his arm and he becomes an, ama uh, an amazing pitcher and, and goes into the major baseball league, uh, major leagues. Um, and then, yeah, I think like with the, I think the the difference between the, the Orange County and 28 Samples Later is Orange County, there was, there was a lot more 80s themed stuff in there and 80s sounds, whereas like 20 Samples Later, we were like, okay, like everyone's doing a lot of synth wave, which we love. I love 80s stuff. I'm an 80s kid. Uh, but with 20 Samples Later, we, we felt like we wanted to go more 90s. So we started, Eric started in, in putting in like, oh, what was like, pump up the jam, pump it up, like all these like really cheesy early 90s dance songs. Um, and I think it fits the band, the theme of the band of just, you know, being fun in general. But yeah, so like we've definitely started to experiment with things outside of um, John Candy. I know oh. that um, this is, it, it's, a, it's a passion project for you, obviously, because you have real lives and, and, and jobs outside of this. But um, for a lot of, especially like musos and lyricists and, and writers, um, it's a release, right? Creating is a release. Do you still find that even though it's kind of tongue in cheek? Oh, absolutely. I, um, this is like, I'm, I'm all, I'm every, I would say every month in, in some <laughs> new way, I'm living out my dreams in the sense that I, since I was a kid, I've wanted to be in a band I've, like, and I have been in other bands. Um, but, but nothing that was, I think as exciting as this has been just in the sense of like, just kind of like almost like trailblazing and applying electronic electronic dance music concepts to metal like just doing things that people haven't done is really excites me so it's, it's challenging because it's it's something that like i said like it just hasn't been done at least that we know of i would love to know if somebody else has done this um so i want to talk to them um but yeah i get to i get to do my creative outlet from a music perspective i get to like, challenge myself vocally I get to challenge myself lyrically. I've always loved writing. Um, I do all of our videos in the sense of like, I'm our editor, I'm our effects guy. I love Photoshop. So I get to like exercise. Like, like when I was a kid, I, I, would, I went to all sorts of art classes and everything like that. So I'm getting to do like all these different like random skills that I've learned throughout my life. And I get to apply them all through one medium. So, so personally for me, I mean, it's just like, it's exciting for me every month, every day, every week. But what about you, Eric? <laughs> I mean, Brandon's already laughing because he knows we're like, this is like where we're like completely opposite. Like me, like I, I enjoy working on the songs and I'd probably be just as happy if like 
the the songs never went anywhere because I like the way Brandon described how he, he you know he he's the talker he's the he's the face right like he he loves talking to people who like the band me I get very awkward I don't I don't enjoy it uh, so I'm much happier just behind the scenes working on the computer making the songs and if I was never seen or did a show. I'd, I'd be fine with that. So that's that's where we're like drastically different. Point, I think it is very, um, it's very appropriate and um, thematic in the sense that like our band is like, we've always described it as a band of con- uh, contrasts. So it's like our, the angry side and the funny side. And we inject that into pretty much everything we do. And it's super authentic because even Eric and I's personalities are very contrasting in those ways too. So I think that that kind of makes it a little more authentic and a little interesting. You need that yeah. balance in everything. You, you, you probably wouldn't create the amazing shit that you create without having such contrasting personalities. You know, one of you has mm-hmm. to be the, the crazy, wild, like out, outgoing one. Um, and the other one has to ground that one. Um, but also you probably bring out, I mean, it's like any good relationship, right? And that's what a band is. So um, uh, global pandemics, I mean, we're fucked in South Africa. We're never getting vaccinated, but you guys are doing quite well. So what's happening? <laughs> are you touring? Like what's happening? Oh man. Hey, you go ahead, Eric? Um, I mean, hold on. Okay. what's funny is so like, we were going to play a show and like right now, so I'm actually going to be donating my kidney. <laughs> so um, we were going to, yeah. So we were, really, we were, really, really. yeah, I'll, I'll go back to that, but we were going to play shows in, in Philadelphia and uh, then the pandemic happened. We had like a bunch of shows scheduled, then the pandemic happened. Um, so now we're trying to get, stuff going and now my kidney is leaving (laughs) and so we're kind of just trying to you know work out a timeline to one go to philadelphia like we promised and then to to do some shows locally so back to the kidney kidney, dude (laughs) (laughs) so my my mother-in-law uh has kidney disease and is not doing well um my wife is not allowed to be the donor because it's hereditary and the doctors can't guarantee she won't need it in the future. And so I volunteered to get tested, honestly, not thinking it would get this far. Like I, I didn't, I was just like, yeah, sure. Like they could test me. No problem. And then they were like, Oh, you're in perfect health. Why do can you check this? And I would check it thinking, okay, this is where they're going to tell me I'm not a match. And they were like, no, you're good. Can you come to South Carolina to meet the surgeons and, and do like two days of literally they tested me head to toe. And at some point I still thought they would find something wrong. (laughs) And no, they, they haven't found one thing wrong with me. Um, I'm like half cockroach. I'm like, I'm like, I'm never going to die. <laughs> that's fucking metal, dude. Like donating your kidney to someone who needs it. That's really awesome. <laughs> you are a much better fucking person than I would ever be. Because I can tell you right now, my mother-in-law is not getting mine. So, um, good for you. But, She's really but, lucky. You must be so popular in your family. But, well, I mean, 
they said I'll be out in a day. Like it's literally just a quick surgery on my end. Th- that's a, yeah, a full kidney. Yeah. So, and it's it's kind of just weird how it worked out. Like um, even so, I I don't know. Call it coincidence. Call it fate. Whatever. Um, normally, your kidneys work fifty fifty, and because of my mother in law's age. Um, if I were to donate to her, the, the surgeon said he would try to talk me out of it and, and want me to give it to someone young, because if my kidneys were working the way they're supposed to, my kidney would outlive my mother-in-law. Right. Wow. But for some weird reason, my kidneys are working like 6139. So what, which one's she getting? She gets to 39. Oh, okay. But the doctor said it's just weird how this worked out because when someone her age gets a kidney, they usually want it in the 30%. And they're just saying it's just so weird that yours just happened to be working like that and you're donating it to her. And, and uh, so, like I just said, it's just weird how it all worked out. So, my kidneys work 61, 39. I keep the 61. She gets the 39. Um, the surgery is 90 minutes. The cut is that big they pull it out i'm out of the hospital the next morning um i'm back to normal in like a couple of weeks wow um last question about the kidney thing because we've completely yet <laughs> but um how does this affect your drinking how does it affect your living oh okay so i did ask that <laughs> and they 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 were like so how often do you drink and i was like uh, i'm gonna be honest i drink nightly like Every day when I'm making dinner, I, I make a drink and I, I make dinner. And then they were like, okay, that's fine. And they're like, how often do you drink six or more a day? And I was like, oh, I would say rare to never. And they're like, oh, then you're 100% fine. Don't even worry about it. And so there. <laughs> and then the crazy thing is everyone on, this, on the medical team has already gone through this. They've all, like, I guess they're like walking the walk because they've all donated their kidneys. Wow. And, and so you're able, when I was there meeting with them, they're able to tell you firsthand, like nothing is different. Like my life is exactly how it was as it was before. The only difference is I have one kidney. Wow. That's it. So my takeaway is so nice. <laughs> I've, I've never met anyone who's donated anything. Yeah. Oh, trust me. <laughs> That's nice. When I was in South Carolina and I realized like, uh, you know, cause I went with my in-laws and they, they're old and they're in bed by like six o'clock. So when they were like, oh, you know, you're ready to go to bed. I'm like, it's, it, the sun's still out. Like, how am I supposed to go to sleep? And so I would like go out and, you know, explore the city and go to bars. And I guess in South Carolina, I stick out really bad because everyone there dresses in like yellow and baby blue and what and, and I was walking around in like black jeans and everyone would be like oh so where are you visiting from no one assumed I lived there first of all. no one assumed I lived there but was it your tattoos also or did are people tatted up there yeah no yeah, it was it was a mixture of everything like I just looked very obviously that I didn't live there and so when, when people ask what I was doing there I would just be like oh you know I'm here at the hospital and they would ask if I was okay and then once I got into the story 
I didn't end up paying for one drink everywhere I went. So I was like, oh my God, I'm telling everybody. <laughs> I'm using this. I'm using this. Yeah. <laughs> everyone would be like, groups, I'm donating a kidney. That's yeah. the drinks I want tonight. Yeah. Everyone would be like, that's so nice. Oh, put, put, put his round on my tab. And I'm like, what? I would pretend like, no, no, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> okay, also, thing. Can I just, can I just be like the, 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 the person here with half a brain? Um, if you tell me that you're, if you were at a bar and you tell me that you're donating a kidney, I'm not buying you a drink. I'm buying you water because you're giving that to someone else. Okay. And I would be like, I can, I'm not going to be part of this problem. <laughs> so, so they would all ask, they're like, wait, but how come you're here drinking if you're donating a kidney? I'm like, man, that's your liver. I was like, kidney's separate. I'm like, we're good. <laughs> and, and, and well, <laughs> I, I, told all the, I told all the doctors what I was doing and they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. You're fine. Okay. And well, I was going to say, my takeaway is that uh, apparently if you're under six drinks a day, you're good to go. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, the, pretty much they told me just, oh, I, I could only take Tylenol for the rest of my life. I don't know how, why, but Advil or something. Advil or ibuprofen really hits your kidneys hard, apparently. And so they told me, do if if I especially if I only have one, I can't risk it. Okay, listen, this is stuff that we should know that people with two kidneys should know, like at the beginning of your life, like surely, yeah, knowing that the that- kidneys hard would be very helpful throughout your life, so that you're not, like, yeah, you know, taking three or four at a time when you have like a headache. For- yeah, see, and I never used to used to know that either. And then they told me that they're like Tylenol is very light on your kidneys versus where the other ones uh the surgeon is the one who told me that he goes they hit it hard so especially only only having one um just don't do it he's like don't risk it um it, it's not good for you and i was like okay i didn't expect to learn so much tonight <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> I, I was coming in here expecting to like ask you to teach me how to like growl um <laughs> but, I mean, well that's all brand. i don't do that <laughs> hey you do it live yeah, but it, it's it, it, you're not a practice. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I did it. It's also part of the my TikTok algorithm. So it's like very dark kink talk, and then it's like clean talk, and then it's like metal talk, right? And there's there are people that teach you how to like do the growl thing. And I have listened mm-hmm. to metal my whole life, and I've never ever 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 got it. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be the one thing TikTok is going to teach me. And I almost crashed my car coughing. I was like dying. <laughs> That was that was Eric when he was first learning the stream. He'd be oh. like, ah. <laughs> and I had the worst headache. <laughs> yeah, I had a headache for like two days. So. It was so bad. Yeah, because like was when you first are trying to do it, like you end up doing it all in your throat, in your head. And even I was guilty of this too when I first started. And it's it's all needs to come from the diaphragm, just like singing. So otherwise you're just shredding your vocal cords and giving yourself a headache. Um, and I don't even know how to tell somebody how to do it. You just like end up, it ends up being a feeling. You just end up tr- try different movements, putting your body in different positions. And then eventually you just kind of get it. Okay. Well, thanks for nothing. TikTok. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that makes sense. That's why all of you still have voices at the end of like massive tours and massive albums. Um, oh yeah. I've, I've been thinking. I, 
Well, I think what's interesting too, like I think in recent years, it feels like metal vocalists have really been stepping up their game in the sense of like, there's just so many weird sounds and, and things that people are doing where I'm just like, I hear it and I'm like, oh my God, I want to learn how to do that. And then I try to do it and I'm terrible at it. And then eventually I think I get okay at it. But um, I mean, there's just so many techniques like fry chords and gutturals and growls and mid, high, low screams. I mean, there's just, there's there's so much more than it's almost like there's like the same amount of types of screams as there are musical notes. Um, it's just, it's really interesting. So I like playing with that in the songs too, in general, like trying to do as many different vocal techniques as I can, because otherwise the screaming just becomes monotonous. If you're just doing one kind of scream throughout never, the entire song, never. you need something dynamic. Never, never. I can listen to any, I can listen to someone scream for three minutes. I, I <laughs> it is the, it's, the best sound for me like it is calming <laughs> neutral happy sound i cannot listen to beyonce for three minutes but i can listen to you do scream for three minutes you <laughs> so funny yeah because like it's funny you say that because you say calming because i've always been able to fall asleep to the heaviest metal possible like i remember being a kid and falling asleep to like the first corn album and people were like what this makes no sense i'm like it puts me to sleep it's relaxing i don't know i can't explain it yeah, I think, you know what, I think the three of us in our black clothing and our tattoos and our just metal music are never going to fit in. Um, <laughs> so thank you for telling me about South Carolina. I'm sure it's a lovely place, but I don't know if I'll be going there. Cause I live in, I think, baby South Carolina. Very small <laughs> on the Bible Belt of Africa, like small mm. town farming community. And I go to the shops looking like this. Yeah. Um, and I get, we call it skiffs, where um, the aunties look at you like, like you're mm. gonna give something, you know? Like you've yeah. wrong with you. Yeah. Um, oh wow. So I'll avoid. I think I'll go to like the fun places like <laughs> Amsterdam. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, same. No, it's funny because um like for us here in Southern California, I don't even notice when people have tattoos or piercings. It is so common. Like you just see it everywhere. Like yeah. I, I can't even imagine being somewhere where people are looking at you like, Ooh, what? Huh? Ooh, like this that blows my mind. Well, come tour in South Africa and I will show you. <laughs> um, so after kidney donation, um, recovery time back on tour, when the world opens, uh, possibly bigger, more places tour, um, but where can we like find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we keep up with it, all the things that you're doing? Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty active on our social media. I usually I'm usually posting at least once or twice a week, depending on the platform. So I mean, we're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, XOTV, uh, Twitter, I mean, you name it, all of them. Um, but my favorite thing to do is make little like random teaser snippets uh, from our songs. Like I'll usually take like scenes from a movie, uh, weave them into the song. They're usually like 30 seconds ish. Um, that's really the easiest way to consume us. Obviously we're on every streaming platform, Spotify, Apple music, uh, YouTube music, pretty much everything out there. So it's pretty easy to find us in that sense. Live show wise. I mean, we've literally only played two shows and they've both been at the same place, this place called program skate and sound um, actually owned by the singer of Death by Stereo, this guy Ephraim, super cool dude. Um, and it's a skate shop and at night they convert it into a venue and we love playing there. It's tiny, it's perfect size for us. Like I'd say max capacities, Eric, what, like 30 people? 
Oh my god, no! They, there's been some shows where they really pack it in, like a little, like sardines, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say maybe like fifty people, like fifty. Yeah, 60. and they're, they're like this, like yeah. yeah. But like, um, I, I we wanted, we definitely want to play a lot more shows because basically we were like we released the the uh, the full length album Orange County, and we started booking shows, like you said, the Philadelphia thing, and then COVID just ruined everything. The Philadelphia one was interesting too because it was a little contest. We ran on our Instagram where we said, "Hey, you know, I, I don't remember what it was. It was like." whoever tags the most people or leave the most comments will come play your, your house. We said your house. Um, and, uh, our buddy in Philadelphia, well now our buddy, uh, goes by milk breather on Instagram. Uh, he, he won. And so we were going to play this, this rad little venue called the snake pit. We had it all set up. We had our tickets booked. Like, we were ready to go. We were going to fly out there because we can travel like DJs because we don't need to bring a bunch of equipment with us. So it's a lot easier to travel, which is fantastic and very conducive to playing shows outside of uh, our Southern California bubble. But um, COVID ruined that. And we had to cancel the other shows we had booked. So now we plan to hopefully in the next couple of months, we want to do at least two local shows where, cause we didn't get to play anything for both full links out length album so we want to do one show where it's all songs from 28 samples later and then another show where it's all songs from orange county and then you know whatever else we can jump on um we're, we're open to it um and then you have to come and play in my house we'll have a bride <laughs> um I believe never been to south africa let's go um let's do it <laughs> come here uh, i'll get all of the weirdos to come um i'll i mean i was gonna sell put up halloween decorations but they're still up so <laughs> come in <laughs> yeah very down for that guys and my wife's been thank oh yeah you this this has been awesome um xotv i will thank your channel down below um eric good luck thank you i mean <laughs> um you either you need to come back and tell us how that was later oh yeah i mean when is that uh, happening oh when uh, right now, uh, I don't know. I don't know yet just because it's right now I'm in the process of, so I just got done with the testing and for the next two weeks, they are mixing my blood with her blood to make sure my, the, you know, they don't react. Oh, and yeah. then the hospital board reviews the case and then gets back to me with a surgery date. So basically it's Probably sooner than later, to be honest, because... <laughs> Uh, she's at like 12% kidney function total. So that's like six each. So it's pretty bad. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> awesome guys. That's it. We're done. Um, thank you for your time. Remember you can catch the full video on xotv.me and you can meet us in kind of real life. Thanks to DJ Chuck for the music. You can catch him at www.chucksprosound.co.za. New episodes on Jackpod and XOTV every Monday. Love you.